So welcome. So welcome to the Rift Valley Forum on our election series, which we are running in partnership with Henrik Boll Foundation. The countries that will be covered in this series are Tanzania, Uganda, South Sudan. The series intends to provide a long-term view on the democratic development of the region, but providing critical analysis and space for debate on the pertinent issues during this period. Today's forum is covering the Tanzanian elections, so in the 2015 national elections, former President Kikwati stepped down due to constitutionally mandated term limits. Kikwete was succeeded by the Minister of Works and CCM candidate John Magafuli after closely contested elections on the mainland. Magafuli came into office and his trap line was Hapanikazi too. So he came after Kikwete, really under the flag of hard work, looking at the economy and building the economy and getting rid of the rampant corruption that uh, had sort of plagued the, the party and the country as a whole. So the run-up to these elections, as we've seen, there's been a huge and new dynamic to the Tanzanian elections with the use of force against opposition leaders and against opposition parties, the shrinking of space for civil society and media as well. Then, of course, with COVID-19 has brought in new dynamics although Magafuli has strongly stood by the fact that there is no COVID in Tanzania. And whereas many other countries in the region would have had elections in this year, have either looking to postpone them or have postponed them, uh, Magafuli has been steadfast in saying that his elections will go on. We hope that this forum will generate information and insights and perspectives that add to the rich discussions on elections on Tanzania and hopefully will create space for imagining how the citizenry engage and how elections are carried out or what elections are for in, in the region and in Tanzania. Our moderator today is Oriem Nyeko, who is a Ugandan-Tanzania researcher in the African Division of the Human Rights Watch. Prior to joining Human Rights Watch, he worked with the International Center for Transitional Justice, as well as the Justice and Reconciliation Project in Gulu, Uganda. Thank you, Oriem, for being moderator today, and he'll introduce the panelists. My name is Polino Tienoskepa, and I'm the forum manager here at the Rift Valley Institute. Karibuni sana, and Oriem, over to you. Asante, uh, Pauline, thank you so much. I'm going to start by introducing our esteemed panelists, the first of whom is Generali Ulimwengo, who is a legally trained activist in civil society from Tanzania. The second panelist is Mr. Fulgens Thomas Masawe, who is an advocate of the High Court of Tanzania, who holds a law degree from the University of Dar es Salaam and a postgraduate diploma in law mediation and arbitration from the Institute of Social Work in Dar es Salaam as well. Last but certainly not least is Fatma Karume, who is also a lawyer from Tanzania, She's the former president of the Tanganyika Law Society and has a wealth of experience in constitutional and administrative law in Tanzania. We found in our research that there's been an increase in the repression of rights ahead of the elections, particularly as far as opposition members, non-governmental organizations and the media are concerned. The government has arrested in the last couple of months several opposition members and government critics 
they suspended rights groups and canceled the licenses of some, as well as blocked major key organizations from observing the elections. The authorities have also imposed restrictions on the media, and they have also revoked the license of a newspaper that is affiliated with an opposition member, as well as restricted some news outlets because of their reporting on topics as far-ranging as COVID-19, which, as Pauline mentioned, uh, the president has said no longer exists in Tanzania. And I wanted to ask Fulgens how this context of shrinking civic space and participation has affected the space for advocacy and civic engagement from the perspective of NGOs and civil society that you belong to. Thank you, Oriam, and thank you everyone for having me this afternoon. It has been recently pointed out Tanzania is being on spotlight since 2015 after the general election, and some of the things that have been happening so fast. We remember that immediately after election 2015, before the official results were issued, LHRC, we were observing election as a local observer, and our election observation center was raided, our computer was taken, and it took almost 10 months for the computer to be returned. So we could see that things started very early, even before the government assuming office. We could see that we have gone through some of the legislative reforms, which have been targeting media, civil society organizations, and the political parties. For example, we are going to the general election. For the first time, we have the new law in place. Technical and quality new law because it has never been tested in the election. Last year, in 2019, we passed Act Number no. 1, which amended substantively the Political Parties Act, and it gives registrar of political parties a lot of power. And those power include even suspending the membership of the member of the political party. That's why you could see in this election, the registrar has been very forefront in giving statement because now he has the power. So you can say that I'm very strong in terms of my candidate and my political party, but once he's found himself in the hands of registrar, you'll find yourself without a candidate. So we, are, we have the test of that, which is ahead of us. So apart from having these electoral laws and all regulations in place to oversee this election, we have some other laws behind, which still have the serious effect. We have the online content regulations, which is overseeing technically the social media and the provision of online material. And the, we have seen some of the media which have been banned recently because they violated the law. I think these media were not prepared towards 2020 election. They were supposed to be carried through the current legal regime for them to understand how to swim with the sharks because this is the hard time it's time for them to understand that we have the new law in place. But we have gone through too, because in 2018, we enacted the financial transparency for civil society organizations nations. And now every CSO has to disclose its contracts and the finance support they receive from any foreign or any partner, which is above 20 million Tanzanian shillings. So with these laws in place, with everything in place, and the CSOs and the religious leaders, which we used to depend much during this time, being at the place where they cannot exercise it freely, or they can talk freely as they used to, because we could see in this election, we have those major local observers, which we used to see them during this general election. 
they haven't been accredited for some obvious reasons. And we could see those who will be accredited who haven't seen much, which will be done in terms of the civic education or observation of the process. So we can see some of the major actors that are out of the sector, which we wish to see them in this process. And we could see their impact during this hard time, like when we see the stalemate between the electoral bodies and the candidates. We could see some other voice, dissenting voices, or the neutral voice, which can come up and give the statement of what is the position. And when we are looking at Tanzania, we cannot look Tanzania mainland in isolation, but we can look also in Zanzibar in isolation as a special case when it comes to election. We have the government of Zanzibar, which is unitary government, instead of being government of national union, because in 2015, the election was nullified, and in 2016, March, they rerun the election which was boycotted by the main opposition party and which automatically made only one party to rule in Zanzibar. So we could see that we have the single party government which is supposed to oversee the election which is presumed to be inclusive in terms of the composition of Zanzibar Electoral Commission by having oppositions in the commission or having the government in place which is only one party. So we don't have the government, which is union government as the constitution of 2010, as it was amended, it's supposed to be. We have the only system, which is the ruling party, which is in control of everything. So it is hard to say that we have the opposition in the government because the major opposition party, which was CF and now ACT, which is out of the government and we can see what is going on. So we have a lot of things to observe, especially in Zanzibar and the, in the union. And the, what we are seeing currently is a manifestation of what we, it has been out of crisis 1995. If you read the election observation report since first multi-party election 1995, we could see the outcry that our constitution does not reflect multi-party system. That's the problem where Tanzania starts from. When we entered into multi-party 1992, there was no major amendment to our constitution to reflect the multi-party system. So we have the system in place, we have the constitution in place, it's more or less in favor of one party. Even the relative third president, Mkapa, before he died, he happened to write a book and he, he declared in publicly that in his book that we have the government which is said to be in multi-party, the, the country which is said to be multi-party, but the way things are conducted and everything, the way it is done, it reflects more or less of the single party. That's why you can see even in political rallies, it is hard to draw the line between the minister and the candidate, the president and the candidate, because sometimes they interchange those positions. When they see that I'm supposed to talk like a president or like a minister, they talk like a president. After they finish, they, then they talk like a candidate. Something which is, if you have really impartial, the electoral overseeing body, those are the type of the corruption which are not allowed or malpractice in the election, which could be, we could hear even giving statements condemning those awful or even issue statements to warn those people who are giving such kind of statements. So those atmosphere which you are going through, the, the opposition, they've never conducted any political run since 2015 because it was forbidden. We are now seeing them. That's why we didn't know their strength. Now we are seeing their strength during this very late time. 
That's why we can see things are happening in harsh hours because we didn't know the power of the political parties. We couldn't see them on the podium. We couldn't see them in conducting public rallies or whatever. Now we are witnessing them and now they are selling their agenda for them to go to buy with the person who has been in the political arena for the past four years. But now you are coming up during this campaign period to introduce yourself and then to ask for votes. So this is the atmosphere which we are going through towards October 28th election. Thank you so much, Fulgence, for that comprehensive overview of the context in Tanzania. What I took from what you were saying is that there's a lack of independent voices because of the various laws and systems that the government has put in place, particularly from civil society, as well as the fact that um, this, what is happening today is a manifestation of several years of the implementation of the, of the current constitution, which, as you mentioned, does not reflect the multi-party system. I'd like to come back to that question a bit later because we have a question about the constitution. So if you can keep that in mind for all of the panelists, we might address something to all of you in that respect. My question for you, Generali Olimwengo, is about media freedoms. We've seen a lot of restrictions on the media, both in the past few months and also over the past five years or so. We've seen newspapers suspended and banned, as well as with this testimony that uh, we at Human Rights Watch have heard that people feel very fearful of speaking out critically of the government in the media, people in the media, journalists, editors, and so on and so forth. And so one of the questions I had is about the role that the media in Tanzania plays as a watchdog of the government, or I guess what I'm asking is whether it is acting as one or whether it is simply an instrument of government messaging. What role do you see it in ensuring equal coverage of both the government and political opposition in Tanzania as the elections get closer? The media scene in Tanzania is really very sad in the sense that increasingly, year by year, semester by semester, the government has taken measures, both legislative and administrative, to completely silence the media, to impose very draconian laws passed by parliament from 2016, when the so-called Media Services Act was enacted, which we tried to challenge. I was with Advocate Masawe trying to challenge challenge this law in courts. We got some successes in some places, such as the East African Court of Justice, but we have had uh, very little success in uh, domestic courts because the judiciary is, uh, to all intents and purposes, a prolongation of the administrative arm of the government, of the executive. So we have that Media Services Act, which imposes very heavy fines and penalties on anybody who is uh, accused of publishing whatever the government doesn't want to see be it through seditious litigation or libel and, and things like that. Uh, the law gives the registrar of newspapers and journalists especially certain powers that have the effect of neutering the action of the media. Now, the combination of all these factors, the Media Services Act, the Statistics Act, which prohibits anybody from putting out statistics unless they are sanctioned by the government, provisions in a certain in another law which restrict very severely the ability to do research, and the law concerning online content and so on and so forth. The combination of all these legal and parliamentary actions have meant that the media operators themselves have started censoring their work. 
self-censorship has uh, come into place and it's one of the worst things that can happen to any media industry. When people start censoring what they write or broadcast or put out uh, for public consumption. And the effect now has been that most of the media is made up of praise singers, people who will uh, just carry what the president says and his ministers and other people in government, but you see very little concerning uh, what the opposition parties have been doing. And as uh, Adbuk Masai was saying, for five years, there has been no political activity from the opposition uh, parties. And all the time, every time we look at the mass media, including uh, the newspapers and television, all you see is the ruling party, either through the president or through its ministers and other party cadres, saying pretty much what they need to say, what they want to say, but you don't get a voice from the opposite side. Completely muted. And now for the first time, we are seeing huge crowds meeting uh, Tundulisu, who is uh, the candidate for the main opposition party. We are now seeing uh, huge rallies coming to see Malim Saif Sharif from uh, Zanzibar. And the police and the other administrative arms of the government are behaving in a very funny situation. For instance, only a day ago, uh, Lisu's um, convoy was attacked by uh, tear gas and live bullets somewhere in Mara going to Arusha. And there was very little in the mass media. Only the social media dared put out uh, those pictures that showed this convoy being attacked. Worse, the director of the Electoral Commission, somebody called Wilson uh, Mahera or something like that, called the meeting and talked to them, warning opposition party not to cause chaos, disturb the peace, etc., etc. And then he proceeds to give what the parties should be doing and what the people want. So he says, people want roads, people want railways, people want transport on the lakes, people want this, all things that have been uh, put out as the priorities of John Magufuli. So the director of the Electoral Commission is telling the opposition parties to forget about all the messaging that they are doing up to now and instead adopt Magufuli's slogans and speeches and promises uh, in, in, in their speeches. And the media is not even uh, seeing that. They're nobody, very little uh, dissenting voice. There's a very few times you hear people saying, but this is unfair. This is unduly restricting because the Electoral Commission has no right to tell the opposition parties or any party at all what they should be saying. So there is that uh, kind of rampant situation that we have been experiencing for the past five years, but now it's becoming clearer and, and starker because we are in an election uh, year and the government has been forced uh, literally uh, kicking and screaming into a situation where the candidate for the ruling party has to justify himself before the people. He's not uh, used to this. The other day he was kneeling before a crowd begging for votes. He has been forced into a certain humble situation and this humility has been forced by the sheer massive numbers of people who have come out to attend Tundu uh, Lissus and other opposition party candidates. Something that never happened in the five uh, years prior to this campaign. That is very sad, uh, what is happening in Tanzania right now. And I hope that uh, when the dust has settled, we will be able to deliver a message to Magufuli and his people that this country is not theirs. They cannot own it. They cannot control and uh, muzzle uh, all other voices except their voices. But it's a tough, tough task ahead of us. I just wanted to ask maybe a, a quick question about both the self-censorship and the active censorship by the government of the media. 
How is that affecting the playing field? For example, if, as you said, the media, there's very little dissenting voices and very few people expressing criticism of government actions, how is that affecting the free and fairness of the elections as from the opposition's perspective? It has a very serious negative impact on the government because there's very little information that has come out. That is just information, but uh, even less so commentary, uh, people editorializing about what is happening. There's very little of that. It has led to Chadema uh, expelling the reporters from the government broadcasting services, TBC, from one of the rallies, which produced some positive results because eventually the two sides had to come together, both the TBC and Chadema, and plus the, the government department responsible for broadcasting at CRA to find some kind of solution and uh, cease fire between Chadema and the government's broadcasting service. So now we see some pictures on the government channel showing Chadema rallies and uh, campaigns and so on and so forth, but we do not know how this will go. I don't know whether this will be the situation until we get to the 28th of uh, October, but there is that tension. The, the tension is still there because there are so many ways you can refuse to cover or to carry or to broadcast the true story. Some of it is through angling. You choose an angle that will not be good for whoever you are covering. You choose and pick what to put on air and what not to put on air, whereas the ruling party has free reign, really, for them to, to say anything and that will be carried. And as uh, Fulgen said, sometimes you get this problem of uh, deciding whether this is government talking now or is it a candidate for the ruling party. Magufuli does a lot of that when he's campaigning and promising roads and water supplies and uh, schools and uh, health centers, which are forbidden in the act that regulates the elections. You are not supposed to make promises that amount to bribing the electorate, but he's doing it all the time. Uh, and at the same time, we are told by the Electoral Commission that the opposition party is insulting the president, insulting the government, and really what needs to be said by the opposition party is that people want water, want roads, want railways, and, and so on and so forth, which is not the work of the Electoral Commission, but they are doing it. They are saying it. they don't have even that decency to realize that what they are saying is completely not kosher. It's not allowed for them to tell us what to be saying if you're not in the government. Let the government spill out and propagate whatever they have done over the past five years. But let the opposition be able to critique the government's work and put up an alternative. Okay, thank you so much for that. Now I wanted to go to a question about the constitution, which uh, Fulgens had alluded to about some of the problems that it has put in place that are manifesting themselves today. He talked about how the current constitution doesn't actually promote a multi-party system in the way that it was supposed to, in theory. But there's also been a lot of discussion, a lot of discourse among people in Tanzania and people who watch Tanzania about constitutional reform. Of course, there was the stalled constitutional process, review process that took place prior to President Magufuli coming into power. I wanted to know from both of you, but I'll ask uh, Fulgens first, if and what any sort of constitutional reform might reasonably look like in the Tanzanian context? Is there any possibility for the revival of the constitutional review process? And also discussions about amending the constitution to extend the presidential term. Is that something that's feasible? And what does that mean for both the ruling party and the opposition? Fulgens, if you could speak to some of those questions around constitutional reform, and then maybe we'll move to generally after that. 
Uh, with Magufuli, the current president has been very clear about the constitutional-making process, that he is not intending to carry the process through to make sure that we have new constitution. That's one it was for previous president and is not his agenda. Of course, during the political rallies in 2015, he promised to finish the constitution-making process. But as soon as he assumed office, he said that this is not his agenda. So what people need is development and not new constitution. So the new constitution is installed and it is unknown, by the way. And I came to realize this constitution will never be realized because I happened to challenge the referendum act in court successfully. And when I won at the high court, the government never appealed it. They never amended the law according to the court direction. So when I saw this coming in 2014, I could tell that there is no new constitution coming because there is no way they could have carried up the referendum without implementing the court decision or challenging the court decision because there was some kind of mysterious clauses in the law which was fetching votes from all over the way for Zanzibar party for the constitution to be passed. So when I saw the government was not challenging the decision which I won in court, I knew for sure there was no intention of the part of the government to make a new constitution. And for this, the current president, we cannot blame him because he has been so clear that it is not his intention to continue the constitutional process, though it was in his mouth during the campaign. Because he could see that they would come by then, the coalition for the opposition, their main agenda was the new constitution. So he bought it in. He assured us we'll get new constitution. But not this agenda, but it was like a counter attack or counter argument to the opposition candidates, which by then they were very firm when it came to the new constitution, because even the coalition itself was the result of the constitutional making process. And the amended constitution to introduce a third term for the president, or the part of president as president himself. I don't know. Sometimes it's hard to, to believe politicians that he said that this is his last term. He's not intended to increase a term. But sometimes when you talk a lot about this term limit, it means there is something behind. Why it has never been agenda before? Why agenda now? And why are you talking about it? It was no concern, but now it is becoming an agenda. And now it is pressure from the ruling party cadres and not from the president. They are the ones who are asking for the extension of the terms. And the, during the inauguration of the campaign, it was clear from the current speaker of the parliament, he said that this is the right time to get that number we need in the parliament so that we can pass our things. So what kind of the things they want to pass in the parliament to get the right number? So this constitutional amendment, this provision requires two-thirds majority, both in mainland and in Zanzibar. So once you say that we need that number so that we can pass our things, what are those things which have never been there before? So it is more of the ruling party interest than the public interest. And looking at the current constitution is the way it is. We have the question of independent candidate. A lot of the election process, especially at the nomination stage, it is mad with a lot of violation because we lack independent candidates. We find that every candidate has to affiliate himself with the political parties with a limited number of the seats which are available, which is the only one, by the way. There's no many seats. But there are people who are very fit to vibe of different posts, but they cannot be allowed because we don't have independent candidates in our constitution. And we have the decision of the Afghan court, which says that Tanzania should implement this. So that it was contrary to the charter, and we have violated even our own constitution, but forbidding the independent candidate. But we are also looking at the power of the president. That's why there is a lot of criticism around the National Electoral Commission that it is perceived not to be neutral. It is not neutral in such a way because everyone at the National Electoral Commission is appointed the president by the president who happened to be the chairman of the ruling party. So sometimes this 
is something which cannot be overruled. So to say these people are neutral, it's very hard. You could even listen to the, I don't know who happened, who understands why who happened to listen to the statement, which my senior brother and lawyer, General Ulimwengu was referring to. The statement which was made by the Director of the National Election Commission is the statement which by the public voices he was supposed to leave the office. Because he made a statement clearly showing his affiliation to one party. So you could see that this kind of appointment, you can appoint people who are affiliated to you or they have some kind of respect to you that they can listen. And when we started profiling these National Electoral Commissioners and the returning officers at the district level, we came to realize 80 plus percent, they were by one way or another directly connected with the ruling party. Like we can see the current director of election, he vied for the CCM Central Committee position from Soma unsuccessfully. So you can see that is affiliated. And when we are coming to these assistant returning officers at the level of the district, all of them, they are politically motivated. Previously, we used to have district executive directors who were the civil servants. And according to our law, civil servants are not supposed to have the political affiliation. But the current one we have, they were appointed by the president and the majority, more than 80%, they are related to the party. They vied for different positions and successfully, especially for the member of parliament. For those who lost at the party primaries, they are the ones who were appointed to those positions. And the instruction was very clear that I'm paying salary, I'm giving you transport and all means you need then you go into an also position. So we can see the way they behave during the nomination and how people have been disqualified during this nomination period. So we have some constituents where we have the member of parliament who have passed are uh, contested mysteriously because we don't know what happened, even at the level of the consulates, at the ward level, all the consulates have passed and contested. So you're asking ourselves how possible it is that all the opposition that want to be disqualified and no single candidate from the ruling party. So you end up asking whether, is it true, is the electoral commission dependent the way it's perceived to be? So it's a matter of the laws. We can say the problem is the regime, but the problem is our laws. Sometimes they can take advantage of the law because even the first president, Walim Nyerere, once said that our constitution is giving me so many powers, I can even be a dictator, but I'm just using my wisdom not to use it fully. So you cannot blame person because it is our law. That's the kind of the law we have because the president, even if is the opposition, they are going to win the election. We could witness the same thing because they are going to use the same law. Unless they change the law, we could have this similar discussion the next coming election with another party in power. So blaming them about the kind of law we have in place. Because in order to have free and fair election in Tanzania, we must have major legislative reforms, both in the constitution and the laws made there under, and all the system in place. Because even the police themselves, they identify themselves as a system. Because they say that because we are saving the government in place. When what is government in, in place right now is system. So it is clear, and you can even Google them on, on YouTube. You can find some of the police, policemen or the senior police officers who clearly show in public that I'm in favor of these political parties. And in their justification, they are saying that because it's a ruling party. So you cannot have the government, which we have all the system and the, and the government apparatus, all are in favor of the certain political party. And it happened. Even the chief justice was having the ruling party catch. 
which is contrary to our constitution. The constitution says that the judge is not supposed to have any political affiliation. But it happened even the chief justice himself, who ruled in disfavor with independent candidates. It happened at later stage that he was vying for the presidential position for the ruling party. So you can see this kind of system. And no one in public never came even to question his credibility. It is something even the journalists cannot write about generalists here. So those are the, some of the stories which are supposed to be carried out to show how system independent it is. And we have even failed to profile even our judges and everyone in the position who you know that for sure by, by mayor of his position, it can affect even the election. And we have another provision, Article 41 of our constitution, does not allow anyone to challenge presidential result in court. Luckily, last year, we got a decision at the Afghan court, which is saying that the provision is contrary to the charter and the constitution itself because everyone is allowed to challenge the presidential election. So we could see all those malpractice which is happening, like what he generally has inferred. That some of the things which have been done during political rallies are the things which could have amount as a ground to challenge the election of the president. But our laws does not allow that. So even our constitution itself, it protects even the process itself. Even if the process was rigid, still you can have the president who was elected without the will of the people because you cannot go to court even to challenge his appointment. So we have a lot of provisions, our law, which we think that we need a major legislative reform. And once the government in power, their intention is about development and not about welfare of the people, you'll get very difficult to make these things happen because you must have very big projects to make sure these laws are brought into consistency into democracy and the human rights. Thank you. Thank you, Fulgence. Maybe I'll piggyback off some of what you were saying uh, to ask generally. You mentioned, Fulgence mentioned that in order to have free and fair elections going forward, uh, I suppose this is not feasible for the forthcoming election last time, but you said that we need in Tanzania major legislative reforms, including the constitution. So I um, wanted to ask generally if one, if you agree with this statement, but also do you see it as being feasible? Assuming the current government, the CCM government continues to stay in power post the October elections, is there a possibility that the constitution and other aspects of Tanzanian law can and will be amended in order to make the space more free and fair? And what would that look like in your mind? That could happen only if the opposition wins. There is no way uh, that I see the CCM as it is, the CCM government as it is today, winning this election and then going ahead and doing a constitutional review activity. I don't see it at all. All the problems that we are observing today, everything that we're being critical of, is because CCM at its very core never really wanted plural politics. In 1991-1992, I was a very active member of CCM. I was in parliament. I was in favor of political liberalization and opening up spaces, both in political activities, but also in the media. I was uh, already a practitioner in the, in the media. And I remember very well that uh, CCM was resistant to Nyerere's advocacy of multi-party politics. Nyerere, historically, was a big advocate of what he called single-party democracy, that's to say democracy within the confines of a single party. From the 1960s, 1964, 65, and so on and so forth, he wrote a few tracts commending the, the system of uh, the one-party state, of course, in, in keeping with people like uh, Kwame Nkrumah, Sekuture, and so on and so forth, the people of the time. 
And it was, this was the general rule across the African continent. But by the end of the 1980, he had begun to see, he was observing very intently what was happening in Eastern Europe. And he drew the conclusion that was going eventually to arrive on the African continent. So he was counseling his own party to be aware of what was happening elsewhere in the world and to prepare for multi-parties. But in 1991-1992, there was every evidence that CCM did not want to go down that road. I attended the special conference that was called to receive the Nyalali report because the uh, investigation into whether we should go multi-party and so on so was done by then Chief Justice uh, Francis Nyalali. And the calculation uh, from that commission's work was that about 20% of the people polled, because this was not a referendum, it was some kind of a random polling of citizens. 20% only preferred multi-partism and 80% said, no, we don't want multi-partism. Nyerere's argument was, if 20% of people say they want multi-partism and a whopping 80% say they want to remain with a single party, just listen to them. What are they saying that party should look like? They're saying they wanted a single party, but the party should allow for dissenting voices to be heard. There should be democratic elections at every day. The government should have no role. The returning officer should be there. Eventually, Nerea said, take all these buts, single party buts. He said, if add up all those buts, you have a multi-party. These people want multi-party, but they are maybe scared to say they want multi-party. So there was resistance to the very idea of having multi-party. That is why it was never thoroughgoing. It was not holistic uh, reappraisal of the constitutional order and in order to change it and install a new constitutional order in every aspect of the constitution. It was a patchwork kind of a job where you, you pulled out uh, certain sections of the constitution, you inserted others, but the, the main fabric of the constitution was tailored to a, a single party dispensation. That is why you have all these hiccups about independent candidates, about being able to challenge the presidential election results, about the freedom of the electoral commission and so on and so forth. Now, actually, we have uh, evolved a bit in, in that kind of dispensation and refusal to have a forward movement towards uh, having a fairer and, and more just uh, dispensation. Now, the electoral commission, I've noticed this, over the past two weeks, they call themselves, we, the independent electoral commission. I don't know where they got that from. They're, they're saying, tume huru, sisi, katika tume, hi, tume huru ya uchaguzi. I had never heard that before. They would uh, stop at uh, just at saying we are the electoral commission and so forth. Now they have added free or independent. So it was a reluctant way of getting into multi-party because the Berlin Wall had fallen. A lot of African countries were considering changing their constitutions and adopting a multi-party dispensation. But it was never really embraced by uh, the CCM cadres. And that's what we are seeing uh, now, that you can disqualify half the candidates from opposition parties because uh, ostensibly they can't fill in the forms correctly. And then in CCM, everybody knows how to fill in the forms. And that's at any rate, if a candidate fills in the forms wrongly, it is the duty of the receiving officer to correct him at the table right there and make them sign their corrected papers. But they come up with this uh, idea. And the idea is, as Fujian says, eventually we want to have a certain majority in parliament that will allow us to do certain things unhindered. And that could be speaking to the person who calls about the possibility of amending the constitution to end uh, term limits.